It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candace, and I'm so excited for you guys today. For our very special guest is Danielle Adamski, and we talk relationship. We dive into how to manifest a relationship, how to rebuild a relationship, how to nurture a relationship, and everything in between. We talk about the importance of showing up authentically in the beginning of the relationship when you are dating, to how to love yourself, how to be aware of yourself in order for you to truly have the most fulfilling relationship. We talk about the male and feminine energies and the importance of how it makes us show up in our relationship and how we need to let the nature of this be how we grow in our relationships and how we let each other love one another we talk about the five love languages and how the how we need to work within them but how we also need to not just be focused on how our partner only shows up in the way that we are needing in the love languages but also how they are showing up within their love languages to show us how they love us this relationship is so full of so much wisdom so much knowledge so much raw and real material it is fantastic and i can't wait for you guys to listen so let's get to it hello danielle how are you great candace how are you so good to see you I am fantastic. It is so great to see you. Thank you for reaching out to me. Um, I'm excited to have you on as a guest. I'm excited to learn all of your knowledge and wisdom about growing a healthy and loving relationship with yourself and then with others and, and, and those you're connected with, whether it's romantic or, or friendships or, or business, whatever it is. I'm excited to dive into, into what you have to share and I appreciate you reaching out and, and wanting to be a guest, so thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Your podcast is amazing. I listened to several of the episodes and just I absolutely wanted to get on because you're a fantastic interviewer. Love the topics that you talk about. Uh, your audience is just so lucky to have you. So well, for accepting me. Well, I appreciate that very, very much. Um, I'm excited to dive in, but I like to, uh, since this world has gone into a little bit of a chaotic mode, I have changed my first question, uh, for all of my guests just to bring some fun into the, to the podcast. So my first question for everybody right now is, what are your three favorite emojis or the three emojis that best describe you and why? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, so I think that ones that I use the most, since I text my husband probably the most, um, I'm not a big texter, um, but I do text him while he's at work and I send him kisses like the lips yeah. because obviously kissing and I'm loving on him. Um, for most of my clients, uh, since I do a lot of spiritual type work in the relationship field, um, I send them a lot of those, um, the stars in the zoomy 
uh, that circle that has like, you know, like you're going out into outer space. And so I just, I think of it as light. We're all light energy. And so those are the two favorite ones that I use. Nice. Yeah, and then a bonus, the good night one, like I'm sleepy to my daughter. <laughs> I'll tell her good night uh, when she's at her dad's house, and so I'll say good night, and I'll be like, I'm tired, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> Aw, nice, I like that, I like that. Um, so, my first question is, um, I would like to get a, to know a little bit about you, your, your relationship coach, but... Let's get to know a little bit about you uh, before we dive into kind of what brought you into into this field and in this career. Can you share just a couple of little things about you, kind of like where you grew up, what you, what your hobbies are, and all that fun stuff? Yeah, certainly. So I'm a Michigander. Um, I'm a water baby myself. I live on the water. My cabin's on the water. I'm always near water. Um, so... That's my passion is being on the water. <laughs> so that's a, that's pretty much a lot about me. Um, I was in the military, so I had joined the Navy, and I spent oh. in San Diego as an aviation electrician. And uh, that was a super fun experience. If people haven't had a chance to do that and are thinking about it, it was really a wonderful experience for me personally. It helped me with a lot of growing up and accountability and really making some really good connections with people like they end up becoming your brother and sisters. So very good friendships uh, that have lasted a lifetime for me. Um, After the service, I decided to go to an engineering college where um, I was around a lot of men, studied electrical engineering, uh, thought I really wanted to be an engineer because I liked um, basically breaking down things and making things again. I always want to figure out how things worked. And then um, I went and got my master's degree because I was in more leadership positions than I ended up being in engineering positions. Okay. And then it's that I had this special gift. And this gift didn't come until later in life. But the gift was that um, I was very good at helping other people with their relationships because I considered myself to be a relationship flunky at one time. And I learned a lot of lessons by being a flunky. Failing actually isn't necessarily a bad thing because I'm on my way to success. Um, I had learned from my mistakes because I repeated so many of them. Um, God gave me like the knock on the head multiple times. So I finally did learn. And, and what ended up happening was a lot of people came to me for relationship help. And so I started thinking, maybe I'm really good at this. And then that became very overwhelming and it, it drew me to it more and more and more and more and more until I made that decision to really help other people, even though there was some insecurity feeling like I was a flunky, a failure, imposter syndrome that I think most entrepreneurs go through at some time. But there was the option to help other people maybe avoid the mistakes that I made or speed up the healing process. So I've, I've been doing that for a few years now, about three years. I've helped over 500 people either save their marriage attract their soulmate or find 
their life's purpose. And in that time, I've also um, wrote a book called The Power of a Growth Mindset, The Journey to Freedom, Emotional Freedom. So it's been a busy three years, four years, <laughs> needless to say. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, oh, so I like, I like that you brought up, can you still hear me? I can. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, so I like that you brought up a couple of different things that you brought up, like the flunky, the, the imposter syndrome, because yes, we all certainly go through that. And how was it? for you like before you started to really dive in to help others were you taking your own advice or was was it something that you've already started impl implementing in your own life and you started seeing the results so that's why you were starting to give the advice or were you kind of just like feeling it out listening to them and kind of just giving advice out of your heart and then started taking your own advice was it up was yeah. it I started doing it and then giving advice or started giving advice and then started taking my own advice? No. So what happened was, that's a good question. What happened really was that um, I had, uh, I had uh, gotten divorced and then I started after that, you know, I was uh, single for a bit and then I put myself out there and really wasn't ready <laughs> to be honest with you. So then I kind of took myself off the market and then I ended up dating somebody that I had been friends with for a really long time. And I ended up repeating the same pattern over and over again. And he brought it to my attention that perhaps the common denominator is you. And maybe you should start working on yourself. Because I had been looking for ways to fix someone else. Right? So the books I was reading was you know, how do you communicate better? And how do you, you know, get them to do what you want and, and silly things like that. And I went to four different therapists because I wasn't happy. Um, my brother had passed away. So that created a lot of uh, sadness and depression, which, you know, when you're depressed, your relationship also becomes very sad. You know, you just can't see the good in yeah. things. And so, over time, I mean, I had read Wayne Dyer's books. I had read all the self-help books you could possibly imagine. I had went to four different therapists. And it wasn't until um, my husband, Larry, said, maybe it's you. Did I realize that I needed to look at things from a completely different perspective? And so I dove into self-awareness. I dove into my own patterns and and found some really dark scary things that helped to change me and once I started changing that the vibration and the energy around me changed my relationship started to change other people saw that our relationship was completely different you know they they saw this different relationship than they had seen before and so my friends were wondering how yes. how did you how do you get him to do these wonderful things for you? How do you get him to be so loving? And it's like, well, I worked on me. I didn't do anything to him. I changed me. And then that's when people really started coming to me 
and asking me how to do it. So that's how I started thinking that maybe I was onto something and how could I help more people? Because once they started doing that, they were, they ended affairs that they were in because they were unhappy and they were getting their spouse to come back. They were really starting to love their marriage again. And they kept telling me it it was because of you, what you had said. And so that's when I decided, well, maybe I'm good at this. <laughs> yes. yes, I like yeah. that. Uh, so that's that's good. And so I like I like that he brought that up to you. Like maybe it's you. Like the common denominator is you. And I can only imagine, for one, how much that probably stirred up inside of him to say something that. Cause who knows how you could have taken that? You could have been like, no, no, like it's all them, right? Like that's a big thing to say to someone, right? So good on him to to have the confidence and the courageousness to show you that and say that to you. That's that's big. Not a lot of people would say that. <laughs> so commend to him. <laughs> yeah, he's a brave soul. <laughs> and honestly, to tell you the truth, Candace, I did not take it very well. I did not. Um, and he he eventually left me. Oh, okay. So that was my wake-up call, uh, was that I had a really good guy, smart man, loving man, compassionate person, and he left me and said, nope, sorry, no more. And that was my wake-up call, which I think a lot of people wait till they get some sort of wake-up call like that to do anything serious about looking inward. I I think it's just human nature. And so that's, you know, the first thought that I had was, oh, what a relief. I don't have to deal with, you know, his BS anymore or whatever, right? Yep. But then the second thought was, could he be right? I got very curious about whether or not he was right or not. And once I dove into self-awareness, I really did see, wow, I had been living in the victim consciousness and not like a powerful consciousness. Yes. So I was operating out of victimhood instead of accountability. That completely changed everything for me from that moment forward when I decided that I would no longer give my power away to other people and start living more of my truth of who I really am, not my, not my worldly identity, but who I really am. Yeah. So what were some, what were some of the things that you did to help you go inside? Because that's not something easy to do. Uh, we all decide not to do that <laughs> until honestly, like you said, something big or traumatic happens. And then we all of a sudden we're like, Ooh, maybe we need to take a look inside of ourselves. Um, but not a lot of people do that. So what were some of the ways that you took accountability to go inside and face all of that ugliness that could be in there and the beauty and the heartaches and the pain? and the hurt and the joy and all of those things that live within us from our past how did you go inside what were some of the ways that you went inside to help you grow and learn yeah I think one of the things that was super helpful for from a self-awareness standpoint you have your higher self 
which is the godly version of you. And then you have your egotistical human form. And so for me, I think the, and for anybody else that wants to learn self-awareness, it really is stepping away from your ego and looking at yourself from a very high perspective, almost as if God was looking at you, down at you, and watching your thoughts and your feelings and all that stuff. So the first thing for me was, a, you know, not being attached to it. So, you know, de detangling my, oh, my thoughts are real. So therefore, my emotions are true. And I should act on those emotions and stick up for them and all that. But once I stepped back from them and got away from thinking that that's who I was, I started looking at things from a very different perspective, from a, a more of an energy perspective, and watching how I, my thoughts how would take me into directions that really weren't very helpful. Yep. Overall happiness. So that's the first step for anybody that wants to learn about self-awareness is detaching from who you really think you are and stepping back and understanding that you are not just this ego. You're so much more. Yes. So when it comes to emotions and, and, and feelings and stuff, how do you, how do you, honor them but not be attached to them so how do you honor them because emotions and feelings they're there to teach us something I believe they're there to show us something they're they're either there to show us where we need to heal where we need to grow where we need to show more compassion where we need to show more love any of those types of things how do we show honor to them honor them but not attach ourselves to them yeah so that's a good question if you're looking Okay, so if the emotion is that you want to be loved, is that the attachment is that you want to be loved, you want to have this emotion. But if it comes from a place of victimhood, like I don't feel like I'm good enough, therefore I want someone to love me because I don't truly love myself, and I'm really just looking for somebody else to fix, fulfill me, because I don't know how to do it myself, uh, then that's the victim mentality. And so most people that do come to me are operating out of fear that they're going to lose their spouse, they won't be loved anymore, that they can't find somebody else to marry, that that was, you know, their soulmate. And that is out of fear. That's out of fear that you're not enough, you're not lovable, you're not worthy. And and so most people will attach to fear, but if it comes from a place of love and genuine desire that isn't, yep. then you're not attached to it, okay? So it, if, it, if it doesn't matter to you whether it happens or not, that's a good thing. That means that's an emotion that if you're happy and you just want some more happiness and you just want it just because you want it and it's really, if it happens, it happens and if it doesn't, it doesn't, that's okay. Yep. That's a good emotion. But if you want somebody else to make you happy because you don't know how to be happy without this other person because without this other person, you're empty and you're lonely and you don't feel good enough, that's that's attachment. That's not a good 
place to be operating from. So what I do is I teach my clients how to move away from there. It's a process. I mean, it's not an overnight um, thing to do, right? It takes a lot of deep exploration and truth telling to yourself about what you really are afraid of and those fears. And that may be that you let that person leave you. Yep. You let that person go do what they think they need to do. And that can be very scary for a lot of people. But in the end, a lot of times, once you learn to love and let go, that other person has a desire to want to be with you again. Yes. Yes. They're not, they're not feeling like their, their life is now becoming a box that you hold and that you carry around. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it feels like if you, if you become everything to somebody and without you, they don't feel loved, they will try to control you. The other person tries to control the situation, trying to make you love, you know, make you love me. That feels really uncomfortable. Yep. That feels like a lot of pressure and most people will run away from pressure type situations. And so what I do is I help my clients take that pressure away and then that frees that energy space for them to be curious. Well, because they can feel that it's not there anymore. And once they feel that it's not there anymore, they're like, wait a second. Why is that? Something's different. And then they get curious and compassionate and then they, they allow, it allows them to start loving themselves and it's just really a beautiful thing that happens <laughs> when you can get out of the victim mindset um, and feeling of attachment and fear. Yeah. So what are some strategies for what are some strategies or ways that you bring through your clients to help? So if someone's saying like, OK, like a lot of times it's either the past things like if they find out that this happened in my past like they're not going to love me or or if they found out that I did this how do you help them for one because like you said you have to you have to be fulfilled with yourself you have to be confident with bringing what you're bringing to your spouse so that if even at the worst circumstances it is them leaving you you are bringing forth what you need to. How do you help a client get there so that they do feel like, hey, I'm showing up and even if my worst fear comes that I'm letting go and I'm not attaching from you, you still leave, I'm okay because I've gone through the process of being fulfilled and learning myself. How do you help somebody go through that? Because like you said, it is a huge process. So what is like the first step that you you ask somebody to do to forgive themselves, to, to love themselves? Yeah. yeah, you know, that's that is the first thing that I do is um, I help them to work on forgiveness. And the my favorite forgiveness technique that your listeners could look up is called Ho'oponopono. And if you haven't heard what Ho'oponopono is, it's a Hawaiian prayer that says, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. And you say, I have my clients say this in the entire 12 weeks, every single night before bed. And it is so miraculous. I can't even explain how profound 
just this one simple technique is that if someone were to do this regularly, the inner transformation, you can forgive yourself, you can forgive even the worst of people. You can forgive just about, I, I haven't found anything you can't forgive. Yep. Technique and it's used around the world. And I think the more that people use it, the more powerful it is becoming and has become. Therefore, it works quicker. So that is the first step really to loving yourself is forgiving yourself for one, maybe not being authentically true to yourself. Yep. A lot of times I, I think what happens with people, or I know what happens with people is they, because they're interested in someone else, they almost try to sell themselves, right? So they try to make somebody happy and they may, they may not be completely their true authentic self when they're dating. And then they get married. And after a few years, the husband's like, what do you mean you don't like football? <laughs> right? Yeah. Second, yeah. what do you mean you don't want to go to the opera with me anymore? You don't want to go for this hike that we've been going on every Friday for the last year? <laughs> right? Like, no, I don't like nature. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is you sold the, the wrong goods, right? You were trying to impress someone. And now that, you know, that need to impress them perhaps has worn off, the real you is showing up. So what I help my, all my clients do is, what do you love doing? And what are you not doing that you should be doing for your own self? And be that person because you're really doing a disservice if you're showing up as somebody that you are not. Yeah. Yeah. So right? how, I like that. Yes. So how, how do you, like, especially in the beginning of a relationship, how do you, one, not sell yourself as someone else, but how do you show that you are a person that can sometimes get out of your own bubble to do something for someone that you love because you love them, right? Like, you don't have to like football, but going to a football game for your, your husband every once in a while because he enjoys it and enjoys you being there, whether you're actually just on your phone, just your present. How do you show that, hey, I'm okay to compromise, but I can't compromise who I am? Yeah, that's a great question because it does seem like you're contradicting yourself if you go to it. Uh, that's not being in, in integrity. Um, the way that I look at things in that sense is, I, it isn't all about me, obviously, right? There is some compromise, but what I look for is how much joy that's bringing to another person. And I actually find that very fulfilling is if they're really excited about something, I can't help but be really excited for them, yep. <laughs> right? And yep. that makes me feel really good. Um but when you're, if let's just, let's just go back to dating. Okay. If there are a significant number of things that are different and you're, you really don't have a lot in common, but you're sexually attracted to the, you will do and bend and become something that you're not because of instinct. 
that's not a spirit-based love. That's an instinct, I want to jump your bones kind of love because you're so gorgeous. And so men and women, if they find each other super attractive and um, maybe not have a lot of things in common with, they will do a lot of things. So men may spend a lot of money on that person. They may um, pretend like, you know, they're younger or smarter or more successful than they are. And women might pretend that they're younger, they're more fun, they're more adventurous than they really are just to get the mate, right? So that's an instinct, you know, goes back to the caveman days. And then real love, the type you want to actually find is someone that you do have a lot of similarities with and and things in common. And you may not think that they're, a, you know, the sexiest person in the entire universe to where it makes you crazy. The key is, does this person make you like insanely crazy and do things that you would never do? If the answer is yes, um, that's probably a bad match. <laughs> you do not want to get involved in that. Um, so knowing knowing yourself is the key to yeah. figuring out, you know, who you are, so that you know what you're willing to compromise on and what you're not. But once you're comp- if you're compromising on going to football or doing something simple, um, I just find that how does that bring the other person joy? You know, is that making them happy? My husband spends a significant amount of time in the garage yeah. tinkering. And when he comes in, he's telling me all about the carburetors and all this stuff. And I'm not really interested in carburetors, but I'm interested in his passion for carburetors. Yeah. Uh... I, you know, I listen. Okay, tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, how many do you have, etc. right? So you can s- still have differences. I mean, otherwise... You- I just did an interview with Mike Cross, who's a financial coach, and he said, if the two of you are identical, one of you is unnecessary. (laughs) Yes. I said, yeah, that's a very very good point, Mike. (laughs) Yes, that's very, very true. That is so true. Yes. So with, uh, so with, let's go, let's go back to dating. So how do you, so running, I'll bring I'll bring me into the situation. So, um, I've been single for well since 2012. Um, I was in uh, a relationship that fell apart due to many things. Uh, pretty much lack of communication. I'll say that's the biggest uh thing: lack of communication and also trying to sell him on someone that I was not. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but. For a while there, I was totally okay being single. Well, for the one, I was taking a long time being in the grieving process. I was going to marry this person. So mm-hmm. I had to have a whole life switch of, okay, this is not how my life is going to be. But then it came into like, I'm really learning to love myself and growing on myself. And now I've come to the point where I'm like, I almost forget how to even want to get into the, like, I want love, but I'm like, I don't know how to even bring myself into the to the to the energy of it because for one, yeah, I do have a little bit of fear. I don't want to be heartbroken again. Who does? Mm-hmm. But also, like, I'm like, oh my god, I don't even know what to do. Especially now, everything's on dating apps, and I'm like, 
I'm a very outgoing person. I'm very loud, just genetically, like voice and energy and personality. And like, I'm like, I don't even know how to put myself out there on an app because somebody's going to read the app and then see me and be like, whoa, you should have put like times 10 on there when you said loud, <laughs> like things like that. So I'm like, I don't even know. Or then I forget like how to flirt. I'm like, am I flirting? <laughs> what am I doing right now? I don't know. So like how how does one who has gotten comfortable being comfortable with themselves and single, how do you how does someone get into that dating energy and, and bring that forth? Yeah, you are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you, so when you put on your profile you need to say funny. Um because you're a funny woman. Thank you. So Here's the thing. You really need to be authentic into who you are. Really authentic. Like, to the point of just, I don't know, to the nth degree, authentic. Okay? And Like that times 10 authentic? (laughs) Yes, literally. The times 10. I'm really loud. Like, think of, and then think of something super loud and write, I am really loud. Think about this person. And now you've got me. Right? Authentic in your own voice and being completely honest about what it is that you are looking for. Now, men go through a period of where they're princes, then they're knights, then they're kings, and we go through a process where we end up being queens ourselves. And um, so if you're looking for someone that is wanting marriage, you would look for perhaps a knight or a king, you know, more likely a knight. And if you're looking for someone who's already settled down, set in their ways, you maybe you're, you know, an older woman might look, want to be a queen and, you know, they would be looking for a king. So if you're looking for the wrong type of person, first of all, yeah, are going to potentially be not a match for okay so in your case right you've got your own home you've got your own you know life going your career you're you're looking to settle down perhaps maybe get married right you would be honest about that like don't there's time is ticking for women right in our minds time is ticking and men don't really realize that time is ticking because they don't have that biological clock that keeps ticking Men are looking to provide and they will settle down once they have achieved what they think they need to achieve in order to provide. And if you try somebody that doesn't feel like they have, they have what it is to provide, then they won't settle down. You'll be dating for like 20 years, (laughs) right? If that person takes a really long time to get to that point where he feels really safe that he can provide. Because yes. thinking about, well, well, let's just go on a date and in, in nine to 10 months, let's get married. A man is thinking, oh, well, I, I really like this person and I really want to be with this person. Um, but we can date until I have enough money, securities, you know, done my career type stuff that I can provide college tuition to our four kids that we don't have yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they are planning out. How can I provide for this woman for a very long time? And until they feel like they are at that point, most of the time they will not get married. Um, and so you'll be, 
wondering, does this guy love me? Well, yes, he does, but he hasn't quite transitioned into a, what they call a late prince. Uh, yeah. He hasn't transitioned into these type of, I'm sorry, like like a late prince or a late night. Um, yeah. Can you can you explain can you explain those? So what? Like I, I as soon as you said that, every man comes like a knight, a prince, and a king. Like what? Um, can you go further into those? Like how would you know a man's a knight or a king or or a late knight? How how did you how would you define those? So if a guy's looking for fun, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just really want somebody that's really fun. I want it, you know, you want them to be, um, and that's great, right, to have somebody like that. You know, and a lot of times women in their early 20s and 30s might be looking for somebody that's fun. Maybe they're not quite ready themselves to settle down. Um, They, you know, they might be interested in just kind of partying themselves and having a good time, too, you know? Yep. Um, so you, they're the ones that are real adventurous, you know what I mean? Like in the beginning, okay. you got to think of boys, boys are very adventurous and yes. they're rambunctious and they're always looking to change the, they're looking to challenge things, right? They want to over, they want to conquer things, yep. do this stuff, right? So a man will be very adventurous and will be seeking out dangerous stuff to really scare the shit out of, you know, most people, most mothers, right? And then yeah. early years, and then they get into a phase um, where they become more of a knight and they end up being, um, I would say they're more concerned about their career and providing um, safety and security, and that's a good place to be, okay? But if they don't feel like they've had that completely settled, like they don't have enough yeah. in their mind, you know, they're comparing themselves to other men too, right? So if they don't feel like they have enough, they won't settle down. And so you could be spending a lot of time with somebody, and if your biological clock is ticking, yeah, um, you could be wondering as a woman is this the right person for me and they may love you to death and they may be such a great guy um but they're not willing to settle down just yet because they can't provide you everything they want to provide you yes right so it has nothing to do with how much they love you it has everything to do with how they are trying so hard to get it all together so that you end up being provided for. Now, can that can now can that change? Can you help someone understand, or is that just until they, no matter what you say, I'm okay. You don't need to provide for me that way. We'll do this together. It won't. It won't change. No, absolutely not. Men love providing for you. Um, they want to be your hero, and so you need to let them see. We've. We've come so far away from our feminine energy, a lot of us, that we're very independent, we're educated, we will do all of the stuff. I can change my tire, I can change my oil, I can um, fix, you know, I can take the air filter out of the furnace if I have to. I don't want to, but I know how and I'm fully capable. And I'm 
doctors taught us that to be that way. They did. My mom taught me to, she said, get a man when you can afford a man. And, and, and that was because in her generation, her generation, they didn't go to college and they immediately got married and they had children before they were 25, 20, you know, 1920. Um, which we wouldn't think of even dreaming about having a kid at 1920 anymore, right? It's like by 30, right? By 30 is now, now the new 20. And once, you know, now that we can freeze our eggs, even 40 is now like the new 20, right? Like people are waiting even longer now that you can freeze your eggs and have a baby later in life. Um, but it is, it is in our DNA our instinctual DNA to be the gatherers of the berries and to, we want to nest and we want to make things right. And we want to, um, you know, we want to share with our spouse. We also want to make them happy. Right. Yep. And, and for them, it's provide. They're the hunter. They're going to go get the food and they're going to bring it back and they're going to go get the food and they're going to bring it back. So we still have that in our DNA where a man will continuously want to provide. And if you tell them, oh, you, pr- I don't need you to provide. What I need you to do is, is marry me. They won't marry you until they're ready to marry you. It's just okay. simple as that. Um, if they do, they will be, ups- you know, they will be resentful and it will not end very well. Okay. So, a lot of times I always, um, I shouldn't say always, but. I chose men that were much, not much, eight years older, right? Older than me because they were already past that, very um, adventurous. But they men always will hold on to their adventurous nature. They are always trying to push that limit. My husband is always trying to see how strong he is. Yep. So he is going to make me end up, you know, massaging him that night. <laughs> He's going to lift things that he shouldn't lift. He's going to do things that he shouldn't do just to say that he still has it. Yep. And he's going to continue to provide for me. Um, and, and he wants to give to me and do things for me. Once I realized that everything that he does is for me, my relationship changed dramatically. And when I really realized that he spends his time thinking about me and how is he going to get me this or do this for me. And once I started receiving and allowing him to do that, instead of being like, oh, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Because independent women, we can do everything. Oh, and yep. we think if we don't let them do it, then we're helping them. That's actually not helping them. You're actually hurting them. Okay. <laughs> if you are not allowing your partner to give to you and you're not receiving it because you, you think, that you're helping them by not allowing them to do that. You're really missing a big part of how a man works and what makes him happy. Yeah. There's um there's so much that I want to go through. So how would so you're now okay, if a man like you said, you're with a man, could it be the woman that causes the man to not transition into the the provider or so is Prime example, I was with him for eight years and nothing. He's with this girl for three months and they're engaged. Where does that come from? Was it her? Was it him? Was it he just wasn't ready for the energy? 
Was it now he feels that this girl, he, he can provide for this girl in different ways than he can for her? Like, what? how yeah. did that happen? Yeah, Candace, let me let you off the hook, honey. It wasn't anything to do with you personally. So this girl happened to come around at the right time at, at the time in his life when he was ready. That's it. She's not better than you. She's not nothing. It's just she came around at the right time and he was ready. Okay. Okay. So don't, you know, we take things so personal. Like if I be a better woman, he's going to do this. And if I can provide and do all this stuff. So if you were bending and trying and doing all this stuff to try to make him, you know, want to get married, that is very unsexy for one. Um, and so men do like sex and they want like sexy and that's not a good feminine energy. Receiving his gifts is a very good feminine energy. Um, not controlling, being very respectful. Those are very good things. But a lot of it, Candace, is that he, at that moment in his life, he did all this fun stuff. He did all this traveling or, you know, maybe he was a big snowboarder or something. Yeah. A musician, he he got a lot of that, <clears throat> excuse me, adventure type stuff done, hanging out with his friends and all this partying and all that stuff. He got a lot of that done with you, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> and then yeah. once he got himself, you know, maybe a home and he got himself a certain secure job, um, he then became on the lookout for a woman to marry. Okay. Oh, he was available. He became available at that time. Yeah. The thing is, is if you if you want to get married, you are to someone, you want to make sure that they are past that adventure crazy stage. Yeah. Provided enough for themselves that they are ready. And I think that's where the authenticity comes in, is being completely honest very quickly about yeah. your intention. And if your intention is that you want to get married in the next three to four years, you you lay that stuff out there. You don't hide it. Like yep. you don't you don't pretend that you're not interested. You're you are yep. interested. You are absolutely interested. And so when you're on apps or whatever the more authentic you can be, let's say you got a quirky uh, wardrobe and you've been hiding it for, you know, when you go on dates, like this necklace, for example, here's a silly thing. This necklace this morning, I was thinking, should I wear this one or should I wear the other one? And I thought, well, I'm going to be on this podcast and um, she's going to see me and she might not like the one that I was going to wear. And that's where you check yourself, right? So I checked my thoughts. Like I stood back and I said, do I want to wear this necklace? Yes. And I said, this is the necklace I feel like wearing today. Not this. I tried them both on and I said, no, it's this one. Yeah. I said, I really don't care what Candace thinks. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because this is what really I want to do. And so when you're putting yourself out there on these apps and when you're at a date, if you're hiding yourself, that is living out of integrity. You will not find true happiness in that type of relationship. You want to, yeah. you want yourself to be so easy that 
who you really are is the type of person that that person likes. Yes. Right? And so if that's not you, you're wasting your time and energy and you are not, you are abandoning your own self. Yeah. You're really hurting yourself. So I like, I like that. Now I want to go into the feminine and, and, oh, there's so much that you said that I would, I would love to detangle because let's go into the feminine and male energy because we all, we all have it within us. Like mm-hmm. I have male energy, you have male energy, men have feminine energy. Um, I, I'm one of those, I'm one of, definitely one of those girls where I'm misindependent. I'm, I, uh, I can do that. I'm okay. No, I can do, and that, I think that's growing up with brothers. Um, you know, I, growing up in a household (laughs) where it's like, hey, uh, very old tradition. The, the women do everything. They cook, they clean, they get the kids. That was my grandma. That was my grandpa. So that was, in my and then I'm like, yeah, no. Hey, you made that mess. You can clean it. <laughs> like, like, I'm not. I'm not going yeah. to just come over to the kitchen now that you just destroyed it and clean it for you. Like that's. I've gotten that and But I also do know. I and and that's where, because I do know that that is an instinctual, instinctual thing for a man is to provide. I. How do you? For one that is just naturally an independent woman, more of a tomboy. That's for anybody, me, any of my listeners. How do you, how do you give them that balance of saying? Because, like you said, we are gathering. We do provide something for the household for them. How do we show up in our feminine energy to provide for them what they need, but also not make them feel like? Because there are times where men feel like, oh, I'm doing everything for her, and they start resenting. So where do, where is that like? that medium that balance of like i can take care of myself but i want you but it's okay like is it it's okay for you to take care of me i want you to take care of me i need you to take care of me but i can also take care of myself like there's a lot of mingling right because you don't want somebody to resent you thinking that they're like you're their dad like oh my god i'm like your dad like i'm taking care of you in every way and all that kind of stuff or you don't want to be like, holy, it's like I have a kid in my house. Women like to say that. It's like I have another kid, right? So how do you how do you mingle those? Because, like, how do you show up in both energies? Like, it's just it's a weird thing for me because I'm like, I, I do have more of, a, I would say, male energy that wants to show up in, in ways. Um, but I'm also like in my last relationship, I'm also like, hey, can you open this jar of jam? Which I know I can open. <laughs> but I'm like, can you open this for me? Because I know that that's something where you're like, oh, yeah, I opened a jar of jam for her today. Like something so small like that I know is a big deal for him. But I'm like, it's kind of like I have to force myself to do it. Like force myself to let him take care of me or let them provide for me. Is that just because I'm afraid? Is it because what what is that for anybody, me, anybody that's listening that might be in this scenario? Yeah, so most likely it is because you're afraid. So if you feel like you have to provide something in order to receive the love, 
then yeah, that's obviously operating out of the wrong mindset, the wrong, um, you know, you're operating out of fear-based more than love. Um, so for someone that is really more masculine, right, what you would want to start practicing is receiving. Okay. You would want practicing receiving compliments, um, gifts, uh, time, attention, uh, anything. So if someone wants to give to you, you graciously receive it. Okay. Okay. Uh, instead of saying, I, I got it. You let them get the door. You let them do these things for you because they really want to. It's almost like you're, if you gave a gift to somebody and they said, no, I don't want it. I can go buy that myself. It would be very hurtful. Yeah. So you to continue to be open to receiving. A man is very simple. And I mean, like, simple, simple. They want appreciation. They want you to listen to them. So they want your attention and they want sex. Those are like the three things that you need to do. And that's it. You don't (laughs) change your tire. You don't need to (laughs) go get oil. You don't need to mow the lawn and and do all of these things. It is seriously that simple. Attention, <laughs> being grateful for them, appreciation, and sex. Yeah. And and a woman, right? We we need to learn to receive because they will give and give and give and give and give and give and give. Yes. And they will like it as long as you're appreciating it. But if you're not appreciating it, they become resentful when they don't feel that they it was good enough. A lot of times men will have a belief that they're not good enough. And so if you don't appreciate and show gratitude, they'll say it wasn't good enough for you. Nothing I can do is good enough for you. Ah. And then they will start resenting it because they've been doing it. If you ask any any of these guys that I you know, have worked with. It's, I did all these things and it was never enough. And the reason it was never enough was because the woman wasn't observing and being grateful and appreciative for it. And they need a lot. Like, it's like kind of silly how much they need. (laughs) (laughs) Really need, like, I really appreciate that you did that for me. Thank you so much. It really, you know, I really appreciate that that you shoveled the snow for me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you that you, you know, took the snow off my car. Thank you so much. I, I mean, constant like you know, stroking of the the feathers, and that makes them feel so good. Yeah, that's just an easy thing that you can do. And the thing with gratitude, gratitude is one of the highest vibrations. And being yeah. true gratitude feels good it feels it's not like oh i have to be thankful no you get to be thankful and it's so good you want to keep being thankful yes right yes yeah so for you my dear i think you would have to start practicing letting people do things for you and being completely authentic about who you are uh, on your dating profile, 
about really like, okay, I'm not going to pretend here, you know, this is my hair color. (laughs) Like, this is how I normally like to wear it. Um, You know, you want to be authentically you and the language that's you and be so direct. Men love being, just tell them, what is it that you want? Um, We get into these, you know, stories and stories and and what am I saying to you right now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what right? I'm you. <laughs> yes, right? And so keep it simple. Now, my husband has a lot of feminine energy, so he likes to talk more than a normal man. And so I have to listen, you know, longer perhaps than most women. And that's okay because I enjoy, I enjoy giving him that attention. I do. Yeah. We, so we all joke around, but when it's too much, we do this at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That story got way too long. We fell asleep. <laughs> and he knows he should have really like cut. And just stand there like, oh. Yeah, that's what we all do. If he gets too long winded, it's a big joke. But uh, we we all we all yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so speaking of like showing love and and being authentic and stuff i'm sure you've heard of the, the five love languages or do you do you go by that do you believe those things because i i like i like you said for one you've nailed it right on i'm i i do not get, receive things easily like i'm like oh thank you and i'll throw it right back at you <laughs> like oh thank you you're so awesome thanks right back at you like I don't I take yeah it you're, like, you're like boomerang it like <laughs> instead of like really receiving like really I am that awesome yeah I'm like thanks cool mm, I yeah. know I know so, so, like soak into that and go wow that that felt really good yeah I am pretty damn awesome aren't I <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so how so for like four people, how do you how do you show up for someone in the way that they need love? Like how do you like you communicate? So say if like get gifts for me, like like I said, receiving gifts. Unless someone's like, oh my god, I saw this and like it reminded me of you. I could care less if somebody brought home flowers for me. Like hey, I bought you these flowers. Like I'm like oh nice. Like. Unless you're like, hey, it's a random, like, I saw this and I picked it for you. And this is a beautiful, and then I'd be like, oh, yeah, but you just driving home. Like, gifts are not, but for some girls, it's like coming home with flowers, like, every Friday. Like, they're like, yeah, and like me, I'm like, I don't care. Like, so how does, but say a, a man loves giving gifts. So, like, how do you intermingle your love languages so that you work together? You're being very clear, but you're letting them express how they love, how they need to be loved, but you're also doing the same. Like, that comes to that that energy. How do you allow those energies to flow within all your love languages? Yeah, so um, the book is a great book, but here's where I think people miss understand the book and i i don't think that the book was written to tell you that you your maybe it was but i think if you really read into it um you'll you'll see what i'm going to share with you 
So there's the five love languages. Everybody's read that book. If you've been in a relationship, I think it's super um, successful book. So the idea that people misunderstand is that let's just say your love language is you love getting um, physical touch. You like it when your husband comes home and gives you a big hug and a big kiss or your you know partner, whoever it is comes home and physically touches you and rubs your back and touches your hair and kisses you softly. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe their love language that they feel most comfortable in is acts of service. Like my husband, he loves doing things for me and for everybody. So he will do so many things. Here's where I had a problem in my relationship with my husband is I read that book and I thought, oh, well, he must not love me as much as I love him because he is not giving me these kisses and these hugs and every time he walks in the door. So therefore, he does not love me. And he's thinking since I'm rubbing on his back and I'm doing all these things, but I'm not doing things for him. She may not love me as much because the acts of service didn't weigh. I'm doing more for you than you're doing more for me. I love you more than you love me. Well, for me, men don't really think that deep in that sense. Not in, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that it's usually the woman that says, oh, you don't love me if you're not doing these things. Okay, so yeah. I was saying, you must not love me as much as I love you because you're not listening to me when I tell you that I want more physical touch and you're not giving it to me. So you're not doing what I want. Therefore, you must not love me or want it from me. Therefore, you don't love me as much as I think you should. Okay, so the, the people think in the book that you tell your spouse what you want and they're supposed to do it and if they don't do it then they must not love you that much the love they don't they don't love you that much okay well that's like that's like saying and i i use this analogy a lot i speak english it, and if if i was married to somebody who speaks french i would try to learn some french but i really i i'm pretty sure i would fall short yeah Here's what people don't do. They don't appreciate the effort that people do in their own love languages or even in trying to love you in your own love language. So the assignments that I give my clients would be something like, I want you to write down, first of all, you got to figure out what your partner's love language is. And then I want you to write down every time they do that. And what they'll start to see is that their spouse is doing a million things for them, trying or buying a bunch of stuff for them. And if you were to just say to yourself, every single one of those means I love you, your insecurity about not being loved will go away. You will realize that that person loves you in their own way. And if you can't appreciate how they love they're not the you you're not really loving them 
Yes. Somebody else, if you actually think that they have to bend and be a completely different person than they are. And then I know that shakes a lot of people to their core when I say that, but that is the honest truth. If you can love somebody for who they really are, you're loving the authentic person, not the person they're trying to be so that you can feel safe and you can feel loved because you don't love yourself. Holy cow, that's powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. See, and and I I was like that, like that that is very powerful. And I I've started like it kind of goes back to that like that unattachment. Like you're not attached to who you're expecting that person to be. You're wanting and if you're wanting if you love that person, you're wanting like you the only thing you want and need from that person is for them to show up exactly who they are. Like you don't want them to be somebody different. You don't need them to be somebody different. You love them the way. And for me, like when I did the test, I, I kind of, I was like, all right, I'm going to think what I, what my scores are going to be. And so like, I just kind of put the answers down. I put gifts last and it came last. So I knew I got that one right. But my other ones were not, like, they were scrambled. So I'm, I'm like, I love physical touch. Like, I'm a touchy person. I love hugging. I love holding hands. Like, I'll put, like, put my feet on you. Like, if I can get close to you, I like being close. Friends, family, if I can love you, I love you. <laughs> I'm just that type of person. Um, so I thought physical touch was going to be probably number one. I had acts of service as my second last, and it came up as number one. And I was like, no, okay, especially because I'm so independent. I'm like, it's not right. Yeah, that Why makes that perfect sense. Yeah. Why would that be there? Why would that be there? Like, that's not, and it, and I was like, no, no, no. But then I got into, like, reading it more and, and develop, and it comes down to the allowing, like, allowing mm-hmm. somebody to yeah. do something for you purely for the fact that they want to do it for you. So, yeah. I was like, no, I don't want that. But then I had to think back. Like, it's pretty much an example is like a husband seeing a list that their wife needs to do today. And one of the things is stopping at Walmart. And then that day it's going by and now they have spare time. Pick up the phone. It's like, hey, I have some extra time. I'm going to go to Walmart for you. Is that good for me? I was like, oh, I got it. But that is, that is the yeah, yeah. Him just being like, hey, I'll do that for you because I got time. And it's nothing, there's no agenda behind the reason why they're doing something for me. And I have to, that's, so I was like, oh, okay, I get that. But it's still hard for me. It's still, it's still, I'm still working on receiving without wanting to give back. I think also, I don't know if you're into astrology, but I, like, I'm a Libra, and I'm a balance beam, so yeah, I, like, I'm a Libra. I feel too tipped over, like, if too many people, if I'm receiving too much, I feel too off balance inside, so then I feel like I have to give back, like, I have to give, like, get myself back into that, like, alignment, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that plays into a thing, or if that's just me saying it so that I have an excuse. <laughs> yeah, so, may, yeah, it might be. Um, there's probably a lot to unpack there for you. Um, oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but I look at it like this. I mean, you're getting love, and if you could see that they're trying to love you, right, then that's, yeah. that's the win right there is seeing that the other person is trying to show you love and 
if you don't let them, you're yeah. missing out, and it's almost like they're they're they may not want to continue. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm not. And just in particular, I have nobody around right now. There's no, there is no, <laughs> there is no male energy right now in my life. Um, I'm open to it. Uh, definitely, like I'm open to the energy. Um, how? Speaking of which, so how do you come about for someone like me? How do you come to the? I'm open to it. I want it, but like I'm not searching for it. You know, it's one of those things when when you're not searching for it, it shows up. Well, how do you like, especially like you said, biological clock? How do you put yourself against the clock, but also wait for it so that it comes authentic? Like, how do you do? Like, how would you do that, right? Because like, how do you not look for it but look for it, and how do you not rush it but rush it? <laughs> like, I was. Yeah. So. You're, you answered your own question. As soon as you stop looking for it, a lot of times it comes, right? Um, here's the thing. If you are wanting it, you want something. Uh, this is going to go a little bit deep. But if you want something because you don't feel enough, you're not, you don't feel loved, you don't feel if, if the dark side. If you haven't done shadow work or anything like that, if you if it if the reason you want something is because of something that you don't feel enough in, you're not worthy, you're not lovable. If there's the underneath why you truly want something, because oh, if I you know if I get married, then I'm gonna feel like I'm you know my other friends are married, so I'll feel like them right like I'll feel good enough about myself because now I have what they have if you are wanting something out of fear oftentimes it won't come to you but as soon as you just let go of that fear and start loving let's just say you start did the inner work you really worked on the inner work and you just wanted it because it was just like I said before if you want something and it doesn't matter if you get it or if you don't yep that's a desire that is a good desire to have and will manifest more quickly than if you want it because you're trying to compete with someone else or you feel like you're not enough or you feel like the only reason you want this is to prove that you are lovable, then you'll struggle to get it. More often you'll struggle to get it. That I mean, it'll be a grind. You know, that's why manifesting doesn't always work for people. They can do all the affirmations. They can do a bunch of stuff. But if they haven't gotten to the point where they truly love themselves and truly it's just a desire, not have to have, oh, my gosh, if I don't have this and if it doesn't hurry up and it never happens, oh, my gosh, like the time is, you know, ticking by. I'm in more fear and more fear as each year goes by. Yeah. Um, a lot of times that's just pushing out your dreams of coming true. So the manifesting won't work quite quickly until you actually get to the desire because you want it and no other reason but sheer joy and yeah, you just want it. Wanting just... it, yes. I find um, <clears throat> for myself um, one thing that I, I, I'm trying to um, 
love myself too and just give myself is the like the not wanting something out of lack of having it um or, or receiving it in the past so like wanting it because if the next one will be different because I will make it or I will I will seek it out differently so everything that I lacked from my my past mm-hmm. whatever relationship um in all areas growing up parents all of it if I'm trying to love myself through the lack so I'm not putting it on to my next because I I do know that that was some of for me going into my last relationship was definitely some of the turbulence right putting my lack on to him and you have to fill that lack you have to provide that um instead of him providing for what he wants to provide I'm like no 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 this is where you need to provide for me instead of providing naturally it's no 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 right here and this is it and if you don't like you said you don't provide me this way then it doesn't work so that's definitely for me. Um, and then it comes down to like resistance, right? Like if you are wanting it, like I want it, like I need this, I need it, need it. I'm trying not, it, there's a resistance between actually needing it. And then I finally feel that you need it. You put a resistance to it. And then you also then start to kind of manipulate your way into how you can get it because you feel you need it so you start becoming not who you are because you're like if I need it so bad and an opportunity might arise that might show me it and I don't feel comfortable thinking that if this passes something else might come in that's more truer then I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to lack on this person I'm going to put all my purse all my energy into this person or just jump into this person because I feel I need to, because I feel I need a relationship. And this person is showing me just a smidge bit of what I would need. So I'm going to take it Mm -hmm. all. So how do you, for like someone like me, how do you, how do I know how, how would someone go into it where they're not feeling like, okay, so, Oh, this person is showing me a little bit of what I would like, but like, I I don't want to, just jump into it because I feel like time's ticking. For some women, it's like time's ticking. Well, this person's really nice and he does things for me and I like this and this and this case in the relationship. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, that was a little fast. And now I'm married and I have a baby and now we're not working out. So how do you, how do you go into, into that where it's like, okay, I'm not in need. I'm in want, but I'm not just going to, give to anybody that's showing me a little bit of what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean there's so everybody a- can be nice. <laughs> like, oh he's nice. Oh well, yeah, yeah that, that sounds like settling <laughs> to me. It sounds like settling yeah. because your clock is ticking, right? So um you have to go freeze your eggs if your clock is ticking, right? Or you get really, really, really comfortable with never having children. Really comfortable with that Fear, the fear okay. that you won't have kids. Like you have to, in order to go through to the other side and to really make things happen, you have to actually be so okay with something not happening that it'll come to you more quickly, right? Oh, I want you to say that again. Say that again. That was powerful. It's almost like you, you have to dive into the fear so much and love that fear and accept it as if it's going to happen. So let's just say you're never going to have kids. 
you don't find that guy. You got to be so okay. So okay with that. Not just kind of okay. Yep. So okay. That, or you, you, you do the other, you go freeze your eggs and you've got some safety security that later on in life, you don't have to rush. You don't have to settle. The other thing besides diving into fear and really facing the, the demons that are inside that are keeping you feeling like you have to do certain things. Um, the other thing is, is that you create your own standards. Okay. You do not veer from these standards. Okay. But when you're looking at standards, okay. Everything is self-reflection and and self-awareness. You have to understand, am I wanting this because I don't feel good enough? Am I wanting to have a big house in a big neighborhood and this because of some sort of limitation or fear or lack, right? You have to be really crystal clear. And that's the stuff I do with my clients is I pick their brain and get to why they want the things that they want. And I don't let them bullshit themselves thinking that they're going to get away from me figuring out why they really want it. And if the answer comes down to lack and scarcity, then we're going to dive really deep into that. And I'm going to make you face those fears so that you can then release them and alchemize your fear into love and not have that fear. And you can actually then be who you really are, right? So if your criteria is that you only want to date men that can show up and love you and that are, you know, let's say they have a job and they're consistent and whatever your criteria is, okay? So long as that isn't based on lack and fear and why you really want that kind of stuff, you're, 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 you've got this like container your body's the container, right? Yes. And you want to kind of set yourself up to the standards. I have standards of who I work with. I have standards of the type of work that I do and who I work with. And I don't let everybody into my program. Yeah. And if they decide that they're not going to do the work, I let them go gently with love that they're not really... For me, and that's what we have to do as women looking for a man. If that person isn't up to your standards, you have to gently let them go, even if you're afraid that he might have been the one. He might, and times are ticking, and I've been with him for three years, and now I got to start all over again and go yeah. another three years with somebody else. Oh my gosh! Oh, I guess I'll just stick with this guy. No, wrong idea. That is. Yeah. Gonna- way to go you want to set your standards and live by them is that the person that you want to be with and who you are and are willing to accept yes so how um how for one how would you call out somebody's bullshit so when you're listening when someone's like at your thing and they're like i want this and this like obviously do you, <laughs> you know what i'm thinking of is um how to lose a guy in 10 10 days have you seen that movie with matthew mcconaughey when they bullshit which they that game where they're playing bullshit and they're now calling each other out that's what popped into my head um when you said i call, you have to call yourself on out on your own bullshit how do you like so somebody's saying this because 
we go in thinking we really know what we want, right? Like we're like, okay, I'm going in. I got my, I know what I want. And they, they got it. How would you, how do you as somebody being like, okay, you, you, you're, you're coming from this place, like you feel good about what you're, you're delivering. So I'm feeling good about what I'm delivering to you in our, in our counseling session and stuff like that. And then you're like, but you know, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. How would you, how do you help somebody? get out of their own way because if they're feeling like no this is not coming from a place of lack but you you can feel it you can see it in other areas by what they else they wrote in their book or what else they have put out what else they have said in other um times being with you how do you help somebody not be so blind to what they actually are needing and wanting and not just feeling that they're on the right path because I know sometimes we're all like no I know what I need and want and then you're like yeah no actually I was so far from it so how do you help that like how do you get out of someone's head like how do you help someone get out of their own head and heart yeah so it's really easy um do you have the man you want (laughs) if the answer is no and you're not living in a passionate loving relationship and you don't have the baby in the house and the this and the, all the stuff that you say that you want. You're actually in your own way. You are clearly out of lack. You are clearly not manifesting what it is that you want because you have not alchemized your love for yourself and you haven't, you just don't have it. You simply just don't have it. And so that's what I would say. I'm, you know, I get kind of masculine at that point. Uh, with my clients and get real. And I say this with love. And I literally say, I say this with love. I love you. And I say this with love. You do not have it. It is not in your existence and reality. And you say you want it. So there is, you are blocking it. You are stopping it from happening. And that doesn't sit well for a lot of people. Right? Because I work with high achievers executive CEOs, uh, business owners that have made millions or have, you know, they've got their act together. Yep. And so to tell somebody that when they're paying you a bunch of money to, (laughs) I just, I just have to be honest. I have to be the truth teller to them. Yep. And I, I guess after it's, you know, when, when are your, you know, one of my gifts is that I can do that quite easily and see what it is that they're really lacking or feeling. Um, And so it's kind of an easy thing for me to do. But if you were to try to do it to yourself so that your audience has something to go away with, right? You're asking yourself, you're stepping back, and you imagine that you're looking at that desire, and you think about it as if you don't have it what emotions come up and let's say it's sadness right so there's a part of you that then is sad that you won't get it and maybe you think you're a failure right if the sadness is is i failed right then that that is that's telling you then that your fear of failure is actually stopping you from achieving what you want it's really really weird how that happens but it's so you have to be okay with failing you have yeah. to be okay. 
you know, like I tell my women that, um, you know, their husbands perhaps are thinking about leaving or something. So you have to be okay with them leaving because, you know, they've got a list of fears and I, and I, because most of those fears will never come true, right? Yeah. It's the thing is that their fears, false evidence appearing real, it's not real. We make it up, right? And because we make it up, we make it bigger and we give it emotion and we do a whole bunch of stuff and we avoid actions and a whole bunch of things. So I, I help them to get clear on their fear and then kind of dive into what would that look like? If that really did happen, what would that look like? So almost like worst case scenario, right? Okay. Yep. What's the worst case scenario that happens if you're single for the rest of your life? Yes. Like, can you be okay with that? Right. What would you get to do versus what would you just be forced to do? How could that be such a great thing? So my book called The Power of Growth Mindset, The Journey to Emotional Freedom is really getting out of the victim loop. So if you're in the victim loop, most likely you don't have the things that you want. As soon as you get into the accountability loop, you start to realize that you have everything that you've ever manifested. And the more you alchemize your internal beliefs, emotions, thoughts, yeah. more pure love for yourself, you'll draw people to you. They will be flocking to you. They will want to work with you. They will want to hang out with you. They will want to be friends with you. They will call you. They will IM you. They will be coming to you because you're showing up as love. Yes. And everybody wants to be around people like that, right? Yes. That's the process. And it it takes courage. It takes a lot of courage to face the fears that we all have. And it takes a lot of repetition, a lot of repetition and a lot of soul searching. Um, but it's all good. I love it. It's good. It's good work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I hope that helped. Yeah. It, I've, I only have, I only have a couple more questions because I could go on and on and on and I'm seeing times just going by like so fast. Um, I I can honestly go on and on with you and I'm learning so much and I definitely want to keep in contact with you and learn a little bit more and dive into a little bit more of my own stuff. Um, What before I just have a couple more questions. My last question is if you were to um, if you were for one, uh, how would you for a single person? looking for love what is one of your best advice for someone and then for people that are in a relationship um this like it's a three-part question kind of because there's three different things so one single person looking for love wanting to gain a relationship somebody that's in a relationship that is unsure of what's going to happen maybe it's not in the greatest shape Love's not there. They're unsure of. It's hurt. Um, how do you find? How do you? So how does somebody find love? What do you expect for somebody single? What can you give them advice? How do you help somebody that's in a relationship that wants to restore their relationship? Let's say that. And then for a couple that is doing really, really good, what what advice can you give them to keep moving them forward and keep falling in love with each other? It's three different huge questions, but I, those are the three types of people that I think we really nailed within our conversation. So if you have any advice for those three categories, uh, I would love to hear them. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's really simple to me. Um, as a self-awareness expert, if you were to, if, let's just say you had all the time in the world to learn all this stuff, right? So I've been learning this stuff over 22 years and, yeah. and, and I'm my own guinea pig. So let's just say you want to take the, I'm going to say the slower route, the self-help route, okay? And you're really good at that. I would look up anything to do with self-awareness, all right? And then look up, you know, obviously, how do you use the laws of the universe to make things happen quickly? So manifesting type stuff. If you are single or if you are married, self-awareness to me, and I think... I think it's going to explode in terms of the next, the next best mentors. You know, we've had mindset mentors and we have, you know, business coaches and stuff. I truly think that self-awareness will be the next mentoring that is out there. Okay. And it's really, you're looking at your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotions, you're looking at your body, mind, and spirit. So it's not self-awareness is more than that i really soul awareness you know it is yeah. going consciously unconsciously from a mind standpoint from the body standpoint you have trauma in the body it gets trapped in the body it gets trapped in your aura okay from an energy standpoint you have to look at your archetypes uh, you're from a soul level you're looking at victim uh, versus warrior um, you're looking at different archetypes that people have on a soul level so if you can look at all those things, right, you'll have the piece to the puzzle for both single and married and even just staying happily married. I mean, it is, to me, self-awareness, body, mind, spirit is the key to unlocking your true self. And that true self is your highest self. And the highest self to me is the one that's connected to source energy. And so you have to break free of the identity of who you think you are to become the person that you really are. And then you'll have everything you want. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. That's good. Self-awareness is huge. And I've become, i that's one of my, my biggest things is like, um, that I've, I've really started loving, like, and, and going in on myself and, um, like talking with friends about and learning and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I've even like journaled out myself where I'm just like, whoa, if I didn't journal, like if I didn't write that or get that energy out. And it's so funny that you say that, like we store things in our body and it's some, and it, it, there's sometimes where like I'll write something and like my I don't even remember thinking of that I'm going to write it it's just like I felt something in my body and I'm like and I just grab some and I write it and then I read it and I'm like oh I just wrote that (laughs) like it's like my gut was telling me to write this or like my back pain or my hips that are getting uncomfortable all of a sudden I write something I'm like whoa that came from that like it's we do it's it's I'm becoming so fascinated with like how with one our body is the container. Everything gets stored in there unless until we learn to release it in some sort of manner. Um, and it comes out whether it's the negative energy or positive energy, however that comes out. But 
um, yeah, I've become so fascinated with self-awareness. So that is awesome that you said that because then that means I'm on the right track. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You are on the right track. You, I've listened to your podcast, so you've got a lot of uh, great podcasts that your listeners could listen to and gain a lot of information from. Um, and I, I, everybody can do it on their own, okay? But if you definitely want the fast track, you hire a mentor that's already been there. I mean, I think that's just common sense. Yep. To to work with somebody that can see your blind spots and, and see the areas that you need work because our ego likes to tell us that we already know it. <laughs> yeah. The answer is, is do you really know it? Because if you did, it would be there. And that's the answer. If they don't have it, then it's not there. You don't know it. Not that you can't. Okay, say that again. If you knew it, it would already be there. But what was that? It's like, yeah. just said I love that. Yeah. If you knew it, you would already be there. So you, you definitely um, need to, how fast you want to go. Like for me, when I started my business, I hired a business mentor because I didn't want to spend 10 years trying to figure out how to do a business. Right. Yeah. I that was not in my heart to spend that long. It took me a long time to learn the stuff that I've learned, and I teach it to my clients as fast as possible. It's like a fire hose in 12 weeks or eight weeks if it's my Attract Your Soulmate class. But, yeah, those are, those are you know, you're, you're compiling a bunch of information so that you can have transformation, and a mentor is very good at that. So find someone yep. that you trust that's already got what you want. And that lives in that integrity of who you, you, you know, you want to be like, let's say you want to have that relationship, have that business. Yeah. Go find somebody that you can trust and that has that integrity and then soak up as much information as you can so that you, and then do what they say. And if you don't do what they say, you're not going to get the transformation. A lot of times we take the information and then we don't do anything because we're so afraid of the doing. Yeah. So yep. Yeah. You know, get somebody to help you to do the doing, you know, and get past the fear of the doing, then you will have transformation very quickly. Yes. So, speaking of which, for any of my listeners who are searching for either their soulmate or in a relationship and wanting to advance it or make it deeper and stronger, where can my listeners find you? But well, they can go to my website. It's www.daniellediamski.com. So I spell my name very uniquely. It's D-A-N-Y-E-L-L. And then it's A-D-A-M-S-K-I.com. And you'll see um, that there's some webinars that you can watch, some master classes that are about 20 to 40 minutes long that you can watch. And if it piques your interest, then what would happen is we would get on a call, see if you qualify. And if you do, great. Um, you know, during that call, we typically get clear on what's stopping you from moving forward, what you've been, what's blocking yourself from moving forward. And then yeah. we see if you're a fit and we see if we like each other. Um, and then we go from there. So it's pretty simple. Amazing. Amazing. My final question for you, um, before I, I, I ask it, I just want to say, um, thank you again for, for being a guest on my, my podcast. Thank you for showing up, um, 
so authentically and sharing your value. Um, but most importantly, thank you for being love and thank you for holding space of love for all of those that are searching for it within themselves, within their relationships. Um, we need more people like that. We need more people, um, believing in, in showing people that it is okay to love themselves and, and what is going to happen is going to happen and, and to just build love within yourself. And that's how it's going to attract the best love for you and with you and all that stuff. So thank you so much for what you do because it is making the world a better, more impactful place because when someone feels love for themselves and, and is confident within the relationships, the world around them becomes better. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for all that you do and, and holding that space for everyone. It's very appreciated. And thank you for holding space for me today while I express some of my, my, my journey. Um, my final question for you is what is your perspective on positivity? Uh, my, uh, well, first of all, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. I really appreciated being on your show. And obviously, it's a joy for me to be able to live my passion and purpose. And so I feel pretty blessed myself. Um, and, and my perspective on positivity is really it is you get to decide, right? Like you can either in the victim loop or accountability loop of the growth mindset, there's the intention. So in the middle and you can, you know, decide and intend to go and be positive or you can be negative. And so my perspective is that it's a choice. And once you make that decision, then you can live in integrity and be a positive person if you really wanted to. Because truthfully, I used to live in the victim loop and I wasn't that, uh, I was negative Nancy, you know? Yep. Yeah. Right. And so now the glass is so much more full and I look at things very differently. So I think it's a choice that everybody gets to make. So choose wisely. Oh, I love that. That is amazing. I that's fantastic. Yeah, I I agree. It is a choice. Um, it it's not saying that there isn't no negative or that there isn't any of that stuff around. It's just it's it, I choose to know that if I'm in this negative state, that there's going to be a positive state that's going to come after. It's like that roller coaster. It's like this too shall pass. Right. When I'm in a bad, it's going to pass and I'm probably going to have a peak coming up sometime soon. Who knows when? And then I'll probably go back down. Yeah, that's life. <laughs> yeah. Jim Rohn talks about the seasons. If you haven't listened to his YouTube video about the seasons, uh, go go listen to that. It's it's a fantastic um, analogy of life. <laughs> Yes, I definitely will. I definitely will. Well, once again, thank you so very much. Um, I appreciate you and we will definitely stay in contact. Uh, listeners, go, go find Danielle. Go, uh, search her if you are in need of anything. She is your girl when it comes to relationships or just loving yourself. Find her, find her, find her. Danielle, thank you so very much. Candace, thank you so very much too. You have a really good day. You as well. But Wasn't that amazing? Oh, don't you just want to hug yourself?
and just tell yourself that you love yourself? Don't you want to just love up on your partner and tell them that you love them? Ah, relationships are such a beautiful, complex, but simple thing. It really can bring out so much fulfillment, so much excitement, and so much of who we are as a human and what we truly need from each other and the connections that we truly need in order for us to be all that we can in life and truly it starts with us and then it extends outwards i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please reach out to us on the socials the ig is danielle underscore Danielle underscore Adamski. And for myself, it's at Spark Plug Wellness. And then Facebook, it is Danielle Adamski and Candace Axford. Also, please rate and review the podcast. It truly does let me know that I'm on the right track. And it lets the value of my guests get out to more listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you and your time. It is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.